I have a little bit of a challenge for you, Todd. Go to Google. I want you to type in TikTok shifting Malfoy. TikTok shifting? Malfoy. M-A-L-F-O-Y. As in Draco Malfoy from Harry Potter. Got it. Okay, you're you're gonna see some teenage girls who have posted about um, their experience shifting into other realities. I want you to just pick one and then click on it, and I'll click on the same one. Okay, three, two, one. If this is on your for you page, you are probably interested in shifting realities, uh, specifically to Hogwarts. So I've been attempting to shift realities for a couple weeks now. I wish so bad that Hogwarts could be real. Well, I'm here to tell you that it is. And yesterday, I got my letter to Hogwarts. And no, I didn't print it off the internet. I'm in this bitch, I'm getting money. One minute they hate me, then they love me. Here's now another bite. No, uh, no, but Rico. You did not just do that. Do you know what you just watched? Like, like, could you explain any of that? To me, no. It's like a schizophrenic uh, a, a two-personality person having an argument with one another on a story I can't follow. <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll break some of that down a little bit. Um, that young lady was talking about her experience having basically psychically projected herself into Harry Potter's reality at Hogwarts and she is talking with her new boyfriend Draco Malfoy um so she put herself she put herself in character like in reality yeah yeah I was I was gonna say not in character but like like the old show Quantum Leap she she mentally projected herself into the okay so we'll we'll kind of start from the beginning if you could pick like any fictional book or universe that you want to live in that isn't like full of divisive politics, um, news programs that are trying to polarize people so they get their money, if you want to go to a reality where like earthquakes weren't destroying, you know, whole cities, which fictional reality would you go to? Just hypothetically for you. What's well, funny you say that because I've, I've recently, um, and this is, it, it's, it's, it's fictional, but it's a true story. I've really watched over and over the series Narcos. Oh, and 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 now this is going to sound really weird, but it's the truth. I've I've kind of like put myself in that as a character that's not even in that story. Like I was one of the soldiers in that. Does that make sense? Does it sound crazy? It does. I mean, like, like I totally get it. it. It sounds nuts, but because it's dangerous. But I totally get projecting yourself into that. Yeah, I think I'm, attra- I'm attra- attracted to the sex and the violence and the money and the power and the, and I think, oh, I lived through that and I was one of the bad guys and and usually I don't cheer for bad guys in movies, but in that one, I do. This has become known as shifting. So the idea that like you would go into like, say you lay down and you decide that today you're going to dream that you live in the Narcos universe and you're going to be a soldier in Narcos. Um, doing that and then starting out with, like, you and I have both done meditation. So if you start with a meditation of, um, there, there, there's several of them. There's packing for a trip. There is down the mountain path, which is a Zen meditation. 
there are Buddhist meditations where you prepare your mind for a journey. Do that with the intent that you are about to dream about being in the Narcos universe, except you don't go to sleep. You just lay there and you mentally zone out and you, you go to the Narcos universe. Um, that is now known as a internet phenomenon called reality shifting or just shifting. And it is the original um, video for this, uh, which is, it, it got started with Draco Malfoy. Um, hashtag Draco Malfoy or reality shifting has reached 24.4 billion views. Billion with a B? Billion with a B. And the person who originally started this, um, D-A-T-T-O-O, her YouTube videos have reached 1.7 billion views. And the point of all this is that the trend of changing your brain to another reality basically is caught on and caught fire in a very meaningful way to the point where um, there are now online studies like real PubMed studies that are going on uh, to figure out if this is something that people need to be concerned about. Um, well, you as a you as a creative artist, um, I'm thinking um, when I was a kid and, and you know I grew up being a, a Boston Red Sox baseball fan. And I would project myself as one of the players, which of course is ridiculous when you're but but your imagination can get into it where you actually believe you're you're number twelve and you're playing third base. <laughs> right. Right? And, and and the video I watched, she it looked very well done. I mean, she she looked very it in character, sure. She looked like she had shifted herself to someplace else. It didn't right. look like your typical dancing around. It it looked pretty serious. What if you had a kid who was like a, a daughter who was in her 20s and she was shifting but told you that it was real, that it wasn't just you keep saying this like like it's it's fantasy. Who hasn't done that? I'm a writer. I do that professionally. Oh, by the way, this is a, an Internet sort of uh, concern. People are clutching their pearls over this. Vox had an entire article talking about how um, young women were shifting so that they could go date Draco Malfoy and it's just mass hallucination. Um, PubMed and Psychology Today have articles about out about it where they are trying to debunk it or talk about it. Um, they call it maladaptive daydreaming. Well, let's take this first through or what you see as or what you've researched as the dangers of this. You know, first off, is it real? Let's let's start with there and then we can sort of get into the psycho the, the dangers in psychology. Um, have you heard of the multiple worlds theory? I have not. Okay. This, there's so many elements of this. By the way, the reason why it's so interesting to me, there are so many elements of shifting and lucid dreaming that are grounded in science and like fun science theory. That this is an intersection. This is a, a pinpoint of bullshit in an intersection of all real things, which is the most interesting thing for me. Like when a, a subculture, pop culture pops up, at a Venn diagram of, you know, real but theoretical, um, that's where stuff gets very fun. So there's the notion that um, there are multiple realities, that, you know, electrons split in interesting ways. And you know, there's, there's a lot of movies and stuff where, like, you flip a coin or make a decision. You know, heads creates one reality, tails creates another reality. And that every time an electron goes in a stray direction, it, it creates another reality, basically. 
Um, this is known as the multiple worlds theory or multiple realities theory. Um, it got adopted, obviously, by like Marvel comics and things like that. Like it's it's turned into the idea that there are infinite universes out there. And well, is is that is that part of the fascination with those those movies that I can't stand? That it seems to everybody loves <laughs> these. You know what I mean? I mean, it's amazing how many of my friends who you you included um, are just so mesmerized by those. That 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 to me seems so silly, <laughs> yeah. but they seem so real and so powerful. And I'm not talking about twelve year olds here. I'm talking about forty and fifty year olds too. They get oh. just as excited. They... Oh oh, there are like groundbreaking physicists who are all in on this, like Michio Kaku and like you know Stephen Hawking and like huge names are like, yeah, we want multiple worlds theory to be real. Like that there are universes out there where you you know, did something different with your life or that like the earth looks different or that you turned right instead of left and you married somebody else because of it. Um, it is a fun, fascinating brain game where anything could have been possible. Um, the movie, uh, everything everywhere all at once won a ton of awards and it's all about this in a very silly way. I, I think the best explanation I've ever gotten for this, I watched a Veritasium video once and he's a, physicist who describes things in very layman terms he once talked about how multiple worlds theory probably exists but it's probably more like radiation than it is like other worlds that you can travel to it's not like a marvel movie where you can visit another version of earth where you became you know a, a school teacher it's probably more like electrons split in unpredictable ways and these other little pocket realities are more like a background radiation that never fully manifests um, that was my very dumb writer, sci-fi writer takeaway. Like that's <laughs> that's what I gathered from it. It's probably inaccurate, but that's that's probably closer to the possible reality. Doesn't this speak to? I'm sorry to cut you off, Joe. Doesn't this speak to you as a writer, especially as a fictional writer? Oh heck yeah! Does this help you? It it absolutely does. Um, Rick and Morty, uh, t like, is all based on the the entire show. Rick and Morty is based on multiple worlds multiple realities and in writing it has almost become like a cheat where if you don't like what's happening in your story you just say oh the characters went to a different version of their reality and they got the MacGuffin or solution or or they found a new character to talk to um and it's it's the 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 notion that you could go to another reality is becoming a cheat for the real world too it's, it used to be a lazy writing tool to go to another reality and find your solution there. Now it's becoming sort of a, a real tool people are using in everyday life because, you know, life is difficult. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't that play into um, just a better quality of life, you know, creating a life that's, that's more exciting, is sexier, is that there's more possibilities that we're limited in our own life, but unlimited in this in this other in this other life okay well now we're touching on zen and buddhism which is isn't it it is limiting if you only see reality around you and you don't consider other realities is it is it limiting and unhealthy for you to just say you know there's the taxes the mortgage and the rent and that's it and nothing else you don't imagine anything else um there was a, a an author bert goldman who wrote a book called quantum jumping and uh, he basically 
put the idea forth that like the concept is that you can become anyone you can imagine endowed with any talent or skill and you like he he talks about infinite universes he says that it's you know it's not just unlimited it is you know the whatever you can imagine you can do it is the the theme of his book and that's kind of where a lot of this started i think like that was one of the source materials i could find for reality shifting um so there's there's the question is let let's get back to your original question todd you asked is this unhealthy well as a writer who fantasizes all day for basically a living i don't think it's unhealthy in my own opinion a very limited opinion i think it's more of does it come with unhealthy consequences um and that's that's one of the the pubmed articles i was reading that is one of the things that vox asked about there's also a um a washington post article about this where they talk about you know is it unhealthy is it silly like is it just um young women who want to date draco malfoy or is it we all should actually be considering you know uh or, or looking at different realities that we occupy in our minds how many people watched game of thrones religiously and would just talk about it endlessly while the show was running and and to the point where they almost mentally lived there while they were talking about it to the point that they actually believe in dragons i mean i think it got that extreme to people who are who are scientists who know better right it is funny too how many of these videos oh by the way if you go to youtube and i suggest we all do um you can find subliminal uh music and subliminal messaging and like uh, scripts and things like that for you to follow to reality shift into Draco Malfoy's universe to date him. Todd and I are going to be doing this later tonight, by the way. We're dating Draco Malfoy. Um, but can I, can I date somebody else? You can, no. No, it's Draco. We, we, I'd like to pick somebody uh, else, but we have to do it with the original intent. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, but so many of these practices that sound extraordinarily similar to like meditation there are steps that you take that are similar to lucid dreaming where you tell yourself what you're going to dream and imagine before you do it that's kind of fun kind of like being being a director of your own you know of your own dreams imagination of of going on a trip right going on the perfect vacation kind of deal absolutely so if we're if we're looking at the venn diagram of real practices that intersect into dating Draco Malfoy in your mind. Um, have you heard of lucid dreaming? No, I've, I've heard it, but I, I don't know what it, I don't know what it is. Okay. So if we have one bubble or sphere, that is the multiple realities theory, another bubble or sphere in our Venn diagram is uh, meditation. Then the third element of this is lucid dreaming. Um, Lucid dreaming is a very well-documented, uh, attainable thing you can do with some practice. Um, when you dream, like, ha have you ever had a dream where you kind of semi-came to consciousness while you were in the middle of a dream? You realized you were dreaming, like you, you, you realized, oh, I'm asleep, and then you could start manipulating the dream around you? Yes, yes. <laughs> How many times in a your lot. life have you, have you done that? Uh, over 20 times. Oh, okay. What do you usually do in your yeah. dream when you realize you're, you're dreaming? Um, it, it's kind of, I, I think I try to kind of gain control back. 
you know, I, I try to gain control back and put in, you know, put push, push in an outcome I want, you know, as, as opposed to just kind of letting to see what happens. I think there's a personality test here somewhere. I want to invent it. It's like, what do you do during a lucid dream? Some people like are like, I would have sex with a supermodel. And then there are some people like me where it's like I'd try to fly or I'd have superpowers like you. You become Wreck-It Ralph like me or, or like there's there's got to be like it's got to be telling about your personality. What happens when you lucid dream? A lot of times it's me trying to save myself from something. You OK, know, I try to protect myself it's more of a <laughs> defensive <preventive> maintenance <laughs> that's defensive yeah. defensive lucid dreaming I'm okay <laughs> yeah. well it's it's funny you say that because that is actually um if you go to a psychologist a clinical psychologist and you tell them i'm having terrible dreams and nightmares they are killing me every night i can't sleep i don't want to sleep because of these nightmares they're so horrible one of the things they will recommend is lucid dreaming. They will they will say, "Have you considered lucid dreaming?" There's a program for it. Uh, the idea is that if you have uncontrollable night terrors, they will teach you how to gain control of your dream while you're in it. And that's not every psychologist. It's just like a field of uh, psychology. It's a tool in the toolbox. Um, now with lucid dreaming, there are a couple ways to like a couple reasons to get into it. One is night terrors. Another is you're insane like me, and you decide that I sleep for eight hours a day, or, or eight eight hours a night. Um, that's all wasted time because I don't remember any of it. Why don't I gain that back? Like, like what if you know, if if one third of all of our life is completely wasted because we can't remember it, why don't I just lucid dream my way to it? Well, that's interesting. So, you as a fiction writer. Could you do that? Could you train yourself and really kind of get into your imagination? Let's face it, you could probably you could probably get into some deeper spaces because it is in I mean it's not it's 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 better than a meditative state, right? Right. So if you could somehow train your brain to go even deeper into your developing characters or developing a plot or just just even maybe new ideas for your next story. Can you imagine <laughs> how how nice how powerful that would be? And then you get it, like you said, you're off the clock, but if you get eight to ten hours of that. I, okay, so it's funny you say that. I have had the privilege to listen into real fiction writers talk about this. Um, I was taking a class with um, Orson Scott Card, the guy that wrote Ender's Game, a couple months back. And like it's, it's a Zoom class. There's like 90 people in it. And somebody mentioned, do you record your own dreams? And like... He said, yes, sometimes another one of the writers in there was like, I do. I always think they're brilliant when I wake up and I jot down like, oh, this dream was amazing. This character was so cool and so awesome. And they write down the ideas and then they wake up the next morning and they look at it and they're like, oh, that's all trash. It, it was exciting at the time because you imbue so much emotion. Your, your dream usually is emotionally charged. And so you write it down and the next day you're like, oh, that's logically dumb. But at the time it felt very important. Um but it, it's it's but, why waste that time? That, that was that was my original thought. Is that normal though, or are, are there some? Do there some good good ideas come out of it though? I mean, I think good ideas come out of rest. Oh, right? actually, I think that is probably more valuable in my experience. When I started trying to lucid dream, um, the the process for lucid dreaming, by the way, there's two ways to achieve it. One is exactly what you're talking about, where there's practice and there's reps, and you record things, and it takes time and effort. Um, 
the reason why your brain does not remember dreams like you wake up and you basically you can think for about 10 minutes and you remember your dream for about 10 minutes and then your your brain etch a sketches it away you shake your head and then you can't remember anything you dreamt last night that is a built-in mechanism like our brain does not care to have the hard drive space to record all of our dreams so what you have to do is your your hippocampus which records memory based on how emotionally impactful it was you have to teach it to record your dreams for you so when you wake up in the morning the first process to to learning how to lucid dream is you write down everything you dreamt about in a narrative order so you you roll out of bed you grab your pen and paper before you do anything else you don't even drink the water on the coffee or the 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 nightstand you start writing and you write down what happened in the most clearest narrative order you can if it doesn't make sense write down that it didn't make sense you write down you know i i parked my car in the parking garage but the parking garage was also my house and i lived on the second floor of the stairwell like you can write down nonsense as long as you write it down in the order it happened I'm thinking of that. Uh, there's a there's this comedian Sebastian. I'm going to murder his last name. Manalesco. He's an Italian guy. He's hilarious. He's from uh, Chicago, and uh, he tells a joke. He has a bit about him and his wife sleeping together, and how his wife sleeps like an angel, hair perfectly laid on the pillow. And when he sleeps, it it looks like he was with, in the morning. It looks like he was attacked by a shark. <laughs> <laughs> And so when you're talking about this and him being a comedian and being a writer, I'm thinking maybe that's what's going on. Maybe he's just developing his content and it's just a, it's just a straight fight. <laughs> <laughs> and his wife, who's not a comedian, can sleep and rest. <laughs> you know, no rest for the wicked, right? Yeah, I, I look like I, I was um, murdered in my sleep. And then when I wake up, it startles everybody that I'm still alive. <laughs> but what I'm mentally doing while I'm in that state is trying to dream vivid pictures and remember them. Um, and it, for me, it worked. It, it probably took longer than it was worth to do this. Uh, I did it for almost a year before I could actually start manipulating my dreams. Like it, it was, it went from, I was writing down my dreams. It didn't seem like it was working. Then suddenly I could remember what happened during my dreams during the day. Like I'd wake up, the Etch-A-Sketch didn't shake it out. Like I didn't have that 10 minute coffee and then forget everything. I actually could remember the bulk of my dreams. And then at some point I started being able to realize while I was dreaming that I was dreaming and I could manipulate what was happening in the dream. So I finally actually succeeded in lucid dreaming. But if you don't practice it, it goes away. Like my problem is I stopped recording my dreams and it, it, it slowly sort of like that skill sank back away. The brain is a very efficient machine. If it doesn't have to remember your dreams, it's not gonna. Like, it, it's just gonna let them sort of slip. But here's the catch. If you don't want to put in all of that insane effort into learning how to lucid dream, which is, again, about 50% of the population does it by accident, and psychologists will recommend it, and you actually slip into different, what is it, D-wave and B-wave sleep and delta and all that. There, there's a different names for different REM cycles of sleep you it's observable like you can hook somebody up into a functional MRI and you can see when they drop into lucid dreaming you can see when their consciousness flickers back and they they start dreaming um whereas the Washington Post basically calls shifting deciding to have a daydream now a lot of our listeners are as I've studied our demographics are 
very educated. <laughs> a lot of these people are corporate people. Is there a, ben a health benefit to this? Is this a good escape? Is this a good <laughs> way to, to make yourself get out of real reality for, uh, uh, you know what I mean? You follow me on this, Joe? Yeah. Um, I think that there are benefits to meditation. There are benefits to having a, an active imagination. You never know what solutions you will come up with or what emotional coping mechanisms you will come up with going into your own mind. I honestly think that, you know, quote unquote shifting or just having a really good active imagination is probably far healthier for you than most entertainments we have available. Like if you, <laughs> if your choices are like, you know, uh, go to a strip club or bar or like, you know, spend time on the couch watching TV or, you know, doing, doing all these things that like otherwise isn't actually injecting much understanding and knowledge into your brain versus going into your own mind and like doing the practice of building a reality for you to inhabit. I, I would say I take the latter. I mean, this obviously, like I said, coming from a fiction writer, that's going to be a no duh. But I mean, like, at least one of those is building mental muscles. Like at least one of them is, you know, requiring a, a very strong sort of imagination and visualization system. That That's a, a huge part of the meditations to get into shifting is all of them are based on spatial cues, like, like packing for a trip, going to another reality, using fictional cues. All of these utilize spatial memory. That's basically how we had an episode about memory masters and how they hijack spatial memory to like do a narrative. That's, that's basically the same trick just for, you know, fantasy. Would you say that meditation, when you, when you meditate, do you ground everything in reality or, or do you go to fantasy places? Cause I know a lot of meditation is like, go to your calm place, go, go to the beach, go to a wooded glen full of butterflies and, and crickets. Um, how much of meditation is, is, you know, <laughs> nobody meditates and goes to do their taxes. No. And I've, and I've been, you know, I've been meditating now for a while and pretty consistently. Um, so it got to the point now where I can kind of even just blank out and that that's where I try to go. My, my imagination more, more revs and goes when I exercise, when, when I'm up, when I, when I start doing things, moving up, driving, getting ready, getting jacked up for work, things like that. Or if I'm going on sales calls, that's when I get that more. So when I meditate, I really, I just, I, I just turn into a goddamn jello, man. Yeah. What about you? Um, I have done, I have attempted traditional meditation and like Buddhist meditation. I have done um, from the Calm app, uh, just when I was going through psychotherapy, I, I tried to do meditation specifically for calming. Um, I still will prefer if I like have 20 minutes to close my eyes and mentally go somewhere. I still pick fictional universes. Like, I don't call it shifting, and I don't pretend it is actually me physically embodying another reality. I don't think I'm jumping through a wormhole and going to another universe where, you know, I'm dating Draco Malfoy, although I'm going to start doing that. Um, my mental shifting, quote-unquote, is just knowing that I'm a talented fiction writer most of the time, or sometimes. I'd say I 10% of the time. And that I will go to a fiction universe where I, I am trying to build it out. Like I'm trying to invent new stories. 
there was a show in the 80s this was before your time it was called voyagers it only ran for a few series and and i it was just an amazing it was a, it, and it was like about a young boy he traveled he had like a watch or something and and then he'd go into different it was kind of like quantum leap pre quantum probably quantum leap probably you know modeled copied whatever a lot of their stuff um like like all good shows do right <laughs> right but it, it was it was just so exciting to me to be able to do that and me you know even as a kid i guess i was interested in history and to be able to go back in time and <laughs> i find it very exciting it's just it's 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 different than just escaping uh you know escaping your current problems but just to be able to just be somewhere else be someone else it's, it's very exciting oh you you hit on such a cue like like a key point there escaping your problems so let's talk about the potential dark side and the potential light side of this um the original poster for this uh datu had a a youtube video you can still watch which is how to shift realities 101 and that's the one with like millions of views um that practice the way she lays it out the 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 source of this um actually in, instead of kind of giving my own summary I'm going to quote a Washington Post article quote. They consulted a uh, psychotherapist, and she said, uh, quote, it seems to be maybe a form of self-hypnosis. And she said, altering states of consciousness have been around as far back as we know, basically as far back as there have been humans. Mystical experiences and taking some sort of substance to change their consciousness. Um, But then when asked why it's young people, why there are, you know, I mean, like like we said, billions with Bs. <laughs> There's 1.7 billion views on this specific hashtag, Shifting Realities. Uh, to that, she says, um, there's such an existential crisis that younger generations are dealing with right now, not knowing if our planet is going to be around to sustain human life for future generations, the COVID pandemic, you know, interrupting childhood, youth, adult rights. She basically said it's not surprising that people are trying to figure out how to cope with it or how to induce for themselves a quote reality that's more pleasant. That that's how I love that. Yeah, I had a I had a I had a acting coach that um, at University of Washington, and one of the first things he did, you know, on the first day of the class, he's talking about that. You know, you guys are still, even though you're all adults here. You're still that ten-year-old or that I think it's seven-year-old who thinks you're a dinosaur. He said, "Just be, you've suppressed all your imagination. You've suppressed all that, all that interest, all that adventure." He said, "But st- don't do that in this class. Bring it back." And I always like that. That's that's the lens to look at this. That is the healthy way to look at this. Um, there are dangers, obviously, uh, but but that's it. It's not strictly reality shifting that is the danger. It's people who are depressed and who are living in difficult realities already, who are prone to anxiety, it makes sense for anyone, not just for quote-unquote reality shifting, but for anyone to disassociate. The The part where this could become unhealthy is when people stop taking care of their kids and family, they stop doing, you know, uh, their daily grind, like when they when they try to escape problems by doing this. That is when it could become dangerous, and that is when people talk about disassociation and depression and sort of like mentally you know checking out um but as you and I know just from addiction generally and from talking about you know very strange areas of psychology, 
anything is defined by its consequence. Like if it doesn't have consequences, if you're using it in a healthy way, if it is just a daydream or meditation or fantasy or lucid dream, that's probably a good thing. Like I don't see that as negative at all. Well, and two, and two, and then what's the alternative? Another, what's the other one? What's the most likely one is, is substance abuse, and this is so much different than that. And yeah. then I think I think when you're, and let's face it, in the real world, in the real world we live in, a lot of times we're being abused at work. Um, sometimes we have a very unsupportive or uncooperative spouse, so it's nice to get that break. Yeah. We deserve that break. There was um, Washington Post quoted somebody who who stumbled into these videos and they were watching cringe videos online. And they they basically watched something very similar to what we would just watch with the TikTok, which is we watched somebody who was talking about how they were dating Draco Malfoy. And they said they were surprised that there was almost no pushback on reality shifting. And they were like, hey, I thought I was taking crazy pills. You know, th- this is this is tricking your mind into something. But I'm I'm going the other way. I'm I'm siding with you. I, I think this is this is fine. And in an era where a record number of millennials are going to die from liver damage because they're drinking to get away from their problems, and a record number of us are going to experience environmental-based catastrophes that may take our house if we're lucky enough to have a house, since they're all priced out of range for everyone who's not above. 60 yeah if you have I, generational money if you have generational money you'll have a house but other than that you probably won't you'd probably be a renter right there there are so many insane coping mechanisms that will kill you early i think this is probably one of the healthiest ones i've seen <laughs> as long as it doesn't lead to disassociation and disorders with that said oh one other thing do you know the runner uh noah lyles no never heard of him Noah Lyles is one of the most famous runners in America right now. Um, like he is, uh, he's currently the f- uh, fourth fastest uh, 200 meter runner in history. And like Usain Bolt and he like have traded sort of like jabs in the news. But one of the things that people criticize him for is that he is into Dragon Ball Z. Like he's he's 25. He's he's uh, as my fiance pointed out he is in the age of shifting and reality shifting. Um, and he talks about Dragon Ball Z like he lives in it. Like he, <laughs> there are pictures, like he posted one to Instagram of him going Super Saiyan. And he has pictures of his hair spiked out and like, like um, dyed white. And he basically acts like he is a Dragon Ball Z character. Like he is in another reality and he is living it. But also, it's working for him. Like, like I just wanted to point out that, like, I, I've I've met powerlifters who watch Dragon Ball Z, and that was their inspiration. And I've I've met people who, I, I've I've listened to NASA scientists on documentaries talk about how their inspiration to join NASA was Star Trek. And <laughs> there are and people Bolt, who and Bolt, Bolt's just scratching his head like you're a friggin' weirdo. It's yeah, a different generation, right? <laughs> right. There's exactly yeah. yeah. He's an older generation. He doesn't quite get that this is yeah that that we are taking our reality shifting seriously. So um, well, I when will... I see the when I when I see those superhero fairs though, you know, like I was in Seattle when what are those called when everyone dresses up as their favorite superhero oh, cons. goes to these c- conventions you know these, yeah. these, these comic book conventions and i know people that go to them 
And I, and I, when they talk about them, and when they prepare for them, and the sewing of the costumes, and just how happy they are, Joe. And then when you see it in masses, because I was in downtown Seattle when it did happen, and you could just see superheroes everywhere. They were just so happy. I mean, <laughs> I don't care if you think it's cool or not. Every single one of those grown-ups, because <laughs> most of them are, are having a great time. Yeah. I, I think that is, we should end on that. It's It makes you happy, and it's more healthy than throwing up your hands and giving up on life. <laughs>